I think color is such an emotional and personal thing. It's the first thing you see, actually, even before you see what kind of garment it is or even what kind of item it is. You are drawn to a color or not, and that's what attracts you. <laughs> yes, color is a very personal and emotional thing, and this episode of Great Tomorrow is all about color and more specifically, the colour of the year, 2024, which is Apricot Crush. That person you just heard is Petra Lundgren, colour forecaster for H&M, and you'll hear much more from her later in the podcast. I'm Bethan Ryder, Editorial Director at WGSN, and every year we create colour forecasts for all of our clients in collaboration with our partner business, Colorow. In this episode, we talk about the science behind choosing the colour of the year, what it means and why it's so popular. Joining myself and Petra Lundgren from H&M is Urangu Samba, WGSN's Head of Colour. But before we go into detail about the colour of the year, let's go to Petra first. So I want to know more about your journey at H&M and what it means to be a colour trend forecaster and also what you love about it. Petra, over to you. It's my favourite job so far and I loved designing as well, which I did previous. But it's so interesting with colour and um, I think my role here has constantly been evolving and changing slightly so it's very interesting still but mostly in my team we do trend research and um, from print perspective color perspective material perspective and so on and my uh, speciality is then color i both work in this small team and uh, do trend research in uh, on a general higher level and we also do the color research which is then a specific level you are one of my sources WGSN, yeah, <laughs> one of many. And um, then we present these for our design teams and uh, all the different assortments. And uh, it's like a guideline. So, so we try to narrow down the inside out uh, perspective from an inside out perspective, what we actually see. Thanks, Petra. And we'll hear more from you a bit later in the podcast. First, let's hear from WGSN's head of colour, Yurangu Samba. Urangu runs our colour forecasting workshops, which bring together all of our verticals, so interiors, beauty, fashion and consumer tech, and together they decide on our colour forecasts. So Urangu, I'm really excited to hear you describe this colour to our listeners and remind us when exactly did we forecast Apricot Crush? So we predicted this colour two years ago for our autumn and 2324 global colour report, which we wrote in 2021. Apricot Crush is a refreshing, energetic and rejuvenating orange. And actually at WGSN, we've been tracking the emergence of orange since October 2021. I think we wanted to include this colour to be colour of the year because it's an inclusive colour that can be used as an alternative to pastels. And we see it moving into fashion we see it moving into beauty, we see it moving into interiors and tech in 2024. Follows on from last year's shade, which is digital lavender. And this feels very gentle as well. Why is that? Well, actually, at the end of last year, we released the Catwalk Collection colour review for spring, summer 2024. And we used Vision our WGSN new image recognition AI tool, which identifies the top ranking colours and their colour codes across catwalk apparel. So actually, this enabled us to identify that pastels were leading the colour levels and hue colour assortments. 
we saw that gelato pastels finally uh, kind of overtaking the dopamine brides, which has been so popular in the last few seasons. And it's so uplifting. I know I found that whenever I saw digital lavender out and about, and there's a lot of it on outerwear and woolens, it just immediately made me feel happy. And I'm imagining I'm going to feel the same about Apricot Crush. You're angry. So please briefly describe our process at WJSM for forecasting colour. And I know we work with Colouro as well, a sibling company. How does this brainstorm work? Every season we get together with the forecasters and the heads of departments from WGSN and Colour Row. And we get together and, you know, we have people like Gemma Roberti, who's our director of interiors. We have head of women's wear, active, as well as beauty and tech, all taking part. And we share our researches and findings. And basically we identify we look at like which key drivers are going to influence consumers for that specific season. And this is obviously, of course, underpinned by the WGSN STEPIC analysis, which includes the analysis of uh, society, politics, environment and creativity. And then we tie this back, this look into what colours will be the most relevant across all industries and which colours can deliver the key messaging for that season. And it's what seems so brilliant this year in particular is that we've obviously forecast Apricot Crush in 2021, but Pantone, who also release a colour of the year every year, have come out with Fuzzy Peach, which I think definitely suggests we're on point again, right? Whether there's consensus about this colour. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, in a world of polarisation, I think we can all agree on the power of colour to create positive emotions. Both shades, uh, Apricot Crush and Fuzzy Peach, uh, shade nourish, heal and encourage a sense of wellness. You know, um, Apricot Crush is in particular a dynamic and a positive colour that brings energy and brightness to challenging times. Um, nourishing the mind, the body will remain a top priority for our consumers and unexpected colours such as Apricot Crush will play into this. Brilliant. Let's see what Petra thinks of our colour of the year. When you go with bright, even brighter nuances, it can feel like the sunset, sunrise, uh, either with lilacs or with yellows. It will have, a, it's a great colour, I think, for all year, actually. I do like that idea of it, sort of the sunrise. And, and also there's this prevalence of ombre uh, happening as well, generally in colour. So is that something you're going to be using H&M. Yeah, we try to push that because every color that has this kind of versatility that you can do in many different ways, then automatically it will also have a longer lifespan. So I think it's a great way of seeing it. And having worked 10 years now in this role, I can see sometimes like color by color, the shift is quite slow. It takes a long time maybe for one to come in or come out. They stay, but the colour combinations, that will really make a difference, I think. It's interesting what you say about how long it can take because I discovered um, a quote of yours on the H&M website from 2016 where you said about purple 
you said, I've been thinking for the past three years or so that purple would make a comeback and I think we'll get there soon. The lipstick I'm wearing today is a kind of purple. It started out as red, but then I added to it again and again until it ended up with this purplish shade. I thought that was brilliant because actually last year we had digital lavender. So you were right. We finally got there. Yeah, but it took so long. But you're right. It took so long. <laughs> it took so long. I remember saying that. And then I felt like I had said it for a while and nobody had listened. <laughs> but oh, I think, yeah, sometimes some colors can take really long time. And then some can, of course, like wine red when it came a few years back. And then it was like super hot for us, at least it worked super well. Oh, that's fascinating. And why do you think it's because if actually if something becomes a very sudden hit, it's almost like a pop song that is suddenly a hit, then you get sick of hearing it. Do you think when so when you've got slow growth of a colour and it slowly permeates and it will stick around for longer? It has been quite a long shift before we got the browns back. So it took like maybe a cycle of 10 years when grey was the only like the neutral scale. And then to get the browns back in business, it took really long. I think almost my 10 years now in this role. Yeah, because I think about when I think first entered the world of work, which was the 90s, I remember browns being very big. They were like your work neutral, probably um, 95, 96. They've probably come again in between now and then. But it is, it is fascinating how things sort of change in that way. Petra, in terms of the gentleness of Digital Lavender and Apricot Crush, do you feel that's really indicative of how people are with their sentiments and how they're feeling in the world at the moment, that they like those colours? And if yes, why do you think that is? There is a certain freshness and optimism that we maybe desperately need at the moment. So I think in those in that term, they really can work for many they're not too specific. I think like baby blue or baby pink, they have been so, even if they would cross, even for small kids, that would be harder. But then these that are sort of mixed colors, they can easily work across gender and across ages in a different way. They push boundaries and they have the gentleness at the same time. So following on from that, but shifting gears slightly, colour is a deeply emotional thing. So Petra, have you noticed a difference in how consumers are actually responding to colour? Uh, right after the pandemic, we could see that really it was a crave for colour and uh, they really wanted to have like strong colours and uh, or very fresh like whites and uh, light beiges and these kind of colours. So it was like either way, you could go really bright and enjoy life again and uh, or it was quite light and fresh and clean in a way. But yes, we saw a big shift. And and that embracing, because so, so it was a kind of exuberance, was there sort of a bit of a maximalist exuberance happening? That's really interesting. So in that sense, were you at H&M, were you looking at very, how would you describe the palette really that you felt fed that need for people to feel joy again? I think that all the designers were like craving colour and really wanted to give that to the customers so we had like many many brights and maybe they were then in contrast to lights uh, so it's quite a um, expressive color palette i would say we had coming out from uh, the pandemic and quite strong and joyful and very strong contrast and you could see very big contrast with between the different if they have like a spring season or spring or summer came many different color palettes I would say now we're calming down a bit. Oh, that's really interesting. I'm keen to find out what else is impacting your colour choices, Petra, when you're at work. 
longevity and sustainability. For many years now, we have seen so much in the trend forecasting around natural dyes and how to dye in a sustainable way. Of course, that's um, super inspirational and important. But we also see that you can do sustainable choices in other ways if uh, because many of those natural dyes are not yet... No, they don't fix enough for us as a company uh, yet, even if we're trying many different ways to do this. But then otherwise, we can see that you can do long-term choices. And then, of course, a calmer or more neutral palette is really important because then you can keep it from one season to another and maybe do bulk buy or do longer color choices. And even maybe between men's and women could share a palette in a way. And uh, maybe then from a buying perspective, that can be really more sustainable that you could keep go to the same would you say the concept of having that core palette that has sort of last longer is is sort of more season to season you can continue layering is that something that you feel is a real kind of shift in fashion and color yes i think we we have and you also have talked about it for a while but i think it's uh, sort of coming uh, now more and more and then maybe you try really try to take action on it because it's Maybe before I've been something, oh, nice to know, or maybe not really been, not implemented in our teams. So Rangu, that, that's an interesting point that Petra raises. How do we think about sustainability and colour at WGSN? Sustainability is super important. It's kind of uh, at the forefront of kind of every decision that we make. So at WGSN, we have brought in a responsible colour strategy and this is basically looking at our long-term colours with sustainability focus. So these are your proven track record successful colours that is your foundation and it brings your volume business and it's your core colours. That So basically what we have done is in your long-term palettes, we like keep that in there. You don't need to change it every season. If it is proven, it's fine to keep it in there for years to come, right? Just so it really helps with kind of minimizing the, the dyeing processes and new dyes, as you can imagine, can bring its own yeah, sustainability challenges. Okay, now I want to talk about gender and colour because Apricot Crush just seems so inclusive as a shade. And I wondered, I know we do talk a lot about inclusive fashion and, and inclusivity and sort of moving away from the binary male-female in fashion. So is it deliberate that this is a very inclusive shade, Rangu? Definitely. I mean, attitude towards gender has changed and will be changing as we go into the future. So we need to address it in our products. Gen Z does not subscribe to traditional gender norms. And I believe that Gen Alpha will probably follow through, you know, follow suit. It can be a social statement. Uh, surveys show that nearly 80% of men and women are looking to purchase more gender fluid clothing. So that's a huge amount. Apricot Crush, for example, is a perfect gender inclusive shade. We've seen it in the men's wall catwalks, such as Stries van Noten, perfectly updating the coloured suit. But also we've seen it in women's wear. We've, we've seen this shade translate into occasion wear and like 
you paired with delicate lace details as well as, as well as sensual satin fabrications as seen in Stella McCartney and Roxander. Ah, oh, Roxander, the colour genius. I'll keep a look out for that one. Petra, is gender inclusivity also something that you and H&M have on your radar? I feel we're already there. But uh, for men's and uh, kids and youth, we can definitely see that there is a lot going on there. And I think both of your last, the color of the year, Apricot Crush, is a perfect example for that. I think it crosses genders and age in a great way. I think pink can still have some connotations of being quite advanced for some customers, but the apricot crush is like a mid-level there, so you sort of can see that works easily for any customer, actually. That's great. So you can see it's got real cross appeal. Yeah, perfect appeal. Orange is a recharging kind of bright in wellness, um, which is so important for consumers now. It's very warm and restorative. So you think that's kind of what people need right now? Yeah, I would say it's a great one. It's so versatile. It has so many possibilities within. You can see it like with the going with the neutrals. It can be like a softer, earthy feeling around it. And then you can have this fresh pastels and then you will have a completely different story. So, Yurangu, how much of the popularity of these colours, uh, we have digital lavender, now we've got apricot crush, is to do with nostalgia? And is this a consideration when forecasting? I know Lisa White, who's our Director of Strategic Forecasting, always says that the past is present in the future. Is this the case with apricot crush as well? Interesting, because I was just having this conversation with our colour strategist, Emily McCarthy, and as well as our inside strategist, Liz Tan. So we were getting together and talking about, you know, nostalgia. And actually at WGSN, we were looking into the term animoia, meaning a nostalgic sense of longing for a past you yourself have never lived. Nostalgia and looking to the past will always be considered in forecasting especially in an age of climate anxiety and cost of living, where people seek comfort, security and familiarity. And I think we can touch on thrift culture, for example, for millennials, is a nice to have and it's almost a novelty. Whereas for Gen Z, it's embedded in their consumption habits. It's budget friendly. Also, it really brings the joy of discovery. Yeah, and I think that this shade, certainly with digital lavender and these sorts of pastels, there is this looking back to the 80s and Y2K, which is obviously huge with Gen Z at the moment. I think it's really interesting how nostalgia impacts consumer spending habits. When I think about digital lavender and apricot crush, at WGSN we talk about digital cosy, and both of these colours really speak to that because they look great on the screen. But when I was seeing digital lavender everywhere last year and people walking around in like hats and coats in this colour, it was like this boost of almost unreal joy, like the screen or something digital come to life. Petra, do you think that's changed how you think about colour at H&M as well, this digital influence? Yes, we have talked a lot about that. And uh, since we also have a lot of our selling from screen, so then, of course, that becomes super interesting for us how to how to get the color across the screen and how to really perceive it in the correct way. And those colors are good from a screen perspective. Some, some are not as inviting, but they are really, really good. I wonder if it's made people braver about color because things do need to be a bit more exciting 
on a screen. Like a black dress doesn't look perhaps quite so engaging, but perhaps it's making people wear colour in a different way. I think so. Oh, that's a, a good way of saying it. I think colour is such an emotional and personal thing. It's the first thing you see. That's, what, that's maybe my biggest revelations in starting at this uh, role. It's so personal and so emotional. It's the first thing you see, actually, even before you see what kind of garment it is or even what kind of item it is. You are drawn to a colour or not, and that's what attracts you. <laughs> so, okay, the big question around you, have you seen much Apricot Crush around yet? So I have not seen it around just yet, but I'm positive we will see it all across the industries come spring, summer. We have already seen it in the catwalks. We've seen it in Stella McCartney, in women's wear, and we've seen it being embraced by men's wear as well. So really excited to see what's to come. It'll be off the catwalks into the, onto the high streets before you know it. Exactly. So, okay, I'm looking forward to an apricot spring. Me too. Thank you so much to Yurangu Samba, WGSN's Head of Colour, and Petra Lundgren, Colour Forecaster for H&M, for speaking to us today. If you're a WGSN subscriber, you'll find Colour Forecasts across all of our products. And to find out more about Colouro, visit colouro.com. If you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to wgsn.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new content focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for all of our industries. And those include food and drink, beauty, interiors, fashion and consumer tech. We'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. And in the meantime, why not catch the CEO of WGSN, Carly Buzashi, on our other podcast, Lives of Tomorrow.